Hello, everyone, and welcome to 180 Mentoring. My name is Terry Krebs, and I'm the host of 180 Mentoring, where I'll be discussing information you can use in day-to-day leadership situations. I'll provide you information in a way that you'll be able to listen to it, use it, and apply it so you can move on to your next leadership success. All leadership examples and solutions are based upon actual events and situations that I've encountered in my 30 years of leading and mentoring. You can find me at 180mentoring.com and 180mentoring at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'm looking forward to today's podcast. So I've been told that when I'm doing a good job at bringing out or describing a leadership situation that people struggle with on occasion, that I do a better job of explaining that when I connect it with the story. So today, I was watching a movie called Lincoln, and I was motivated by the fact that throughout this movie, the actor that played Lincoln, who I believe is Daniel Day-Lewis, always would start telling a story and people would just stop everything they were doing and they would pay attention to the story because they knew that whatever point was being made was an important one if the president was taking a minute to articulate it or bring it out in the open with the story. So based on that, I want to talk with you today about why it's important to keep your word as a leader. And what does keeping your word mean? A lot of times it means telling people the truth, as tough as that may seem. Sometimes it always works out best in the end. You are not 100% honest with people when they are struggling or there's a issue you're trying to resolve or a problem you're trying to overcome. If you are not 100% honest, it will come back and you will have to work a thousand times as hard to fix whatever situation happened And one thing you may never, ever fix is the ability for other people to trust you. And this is where we get to the story. So a long time ago, I worked at a place and there was a shop. There was a group of us, about five, very close, all doing the similar type of work, saw each other every day. We were all very competitive. We had a person in the office who was a very well-known and highly recognized competitive bowler. So, of course, whenever we had downtime in the office, we're like, hey, let's go out and do this or do something else together as a team. He was always like, hey, let's go bowling. And we would just all kind of shake our head and be like, you know, okay, let's go bowling. Because we knew it was time for him to put us in our place and to show us, like, he was awesome. And really, he was really, really good. It was fun watching him bowl because just amazing in the precision and the timing and the dedication that it takes to be really, really good at bowling. And this person also had, I think, something like 13, 300 games. So this person was the real deal. But of course, like I mentioned before, we were all very competitive. So we would go to the bowling alley, and that's when we would start trying to intimidate him with some mental games and talk to him about, well, why are you doing this? And why are you doing that? And do you inhale or exhale right before you release the ball? You know, things like that. Never 
got to this person. Matter of fact, later on, he would say that when he would bowl with us and we would do these things or prepared him for these other tournaments because there was nothing that anyone else could say to him that we hadn't already tried or had done or attempted to say to get him off of his game. And you know what? Never worked. Well, if it did, we didn't see it. But I don't think it ever did. So one day we're bowling, and I don't know how far this was into our bowling process, but me also being a very competitive person, I told him, I said, you know what? Someday I'm going to beat you. So my friend stopped, turned around and looked at me, walked up to me, got really close and said, that, my friend, will never happen. Turned himself around, grabbed the ball, dropped another strike. And I was sure that maybe I had bitten off more than I could chew. Because again, I'd learned my lesson. Like These things didn't shake this person up. Any of these little games? Nothing. So we continued to bowl, we continued to bowl, we continued to bowl. And then guess what happened? One day, final scores. Terry, 202. Friend from the shop, 201. I had beaten him. By luck, whatever, it just, it happened. And no one was more shocked than I. So part of that conversation that, that I hadn't told you about is that when I said, hey, someday I'm going to beat you. And he's like, that's never going to happen. Well, later on in that day, I had said, when it happens, I want one of your bowling trophies. And he was like, okay. You know, because he had some really nice trophies. There was cups and plaques and mugs and all kinds of things. So the day came and went. I beat him. He was not very happy about that. You know, packed up his uh, shoes and his ball and put it in his bag and said, congratulations, walked off. And for a, just about a second, I almost felt sorry for him until I realized that he was going to do the same thing to me someday. And uh, it was all in good fun. And it was really about, we just, we had a great, great team. That following Monday at work, because this was a Friday, when I came into work, sitting on my desk, was this beautiful mug, which was one of his trophies from a big tournament he had won at some time in the past. There it was, sitting on my desk. I could not believe it. I thought for sure that there was no way that he would give up one of his trophies. But he did. And the reason he did it was because he told me he was going to do it. He, when we were getting ready that Friday, when I said, I want one of your trophies, like, yeah, okay, but that'll never happen. But when it did, he went home, he went through his stuff, he came in, he set it on my desk before I got there, didn't say a word, put the mug on my desk. And to this day, I still remember the fact that he kept his word about that. It was so very impactful to me at that time in my career that this person could have, without any problems, had just written that off as a joke, like there's no way I'm going to do that. And I really probably wouldn't have even thought anything about it, but I probably also would not have thought very much more about this situation and him and this time in my life or that. But because he did this thing and he kept his word and he put that mug on my desk, I have positive thoughts and feelings about that person. 
even though this person may not have been the top performer in our office, because everyone was generally A team players and so was he, but even though he may not have been the A team player, that single act made me for the rest of our career always ask him, what did you think? What are you thinking about? What do you think about the situation? Because I knew this was an honest person. This was a person who kept their word. And this was a person that was going to come through with things that they said that they were going to do or could do and would do it. And I wouldn't have to think about it twice. One single place in time can be as impactful as that mug. And I still have that mug to this day. I keep it in a place where I can see it so that it reminds me that even the smallest opportunity to keep your word could be the most impactful opportunity that you're ever going to have with a person at that point in time, or maybe even in their whole career. So you always have to take advantage of those moments and you always have to pay attention to them so that when you say something, people know that you're going to keep your word. Because as a leader, when you tell people something, you sure as heck better be able to keep your word or make the best effort you can to do something. And then if you can't do it, you just have to make an explanation about why you didn't do it or why you couldn't do it. Sometimes we have the best intentions of doing something. It just doesn't work out. The younger you are and the less experienced you are, the more often this is going to happen. The older you get and the more experienced you get, you start to understand that there are some things that you don't have control over that may or may not uh, be something that you can fix or influence. And the more comfortable you get with telling people about, I might not be able to do this, but here's what I'm going to do to give it a try. Instead of saying, yep, I'll get that done. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll do that. Because if you promise too much and deliver nothing, no one is going to trust you. But if you work hard to be accurate and to be honest, like I mentioned before, you know, because honesty is a big part of this. Working on your honesty and being accurate and telling people exactly what you can do and how you're going to do it and what's going on or the reasons you couldn't do it. I mean, there's so many leadership examples in there. Mentoring, followership, leadership, being a good subordinate. You know, being a great leader hopefully means that sometimes you were a pretty good follower, a subordinate for someone. Because even though you're leading now, you may be moved in a position where you're actually working for someone again or working in a non-primary leadership job. And I've seen so many people who, when they go from a working person to a mid-level manager to a lower-level leader back to a senior mid-level manager, that transition from that senior mid-level manager to that lower leadership, how many people fail at that? And I always thought, like, why... Why is that? It, I mean, it could be for a lot of reasons. Most of the time, I believe is that they just forgot how to follow. Or for some reason, they think that following isn't something that they need to value anymore. And that's completely false. We all are going to have opportunities many times a day to lead and to follow. You should be developing new leaders in your office all the time. And when they have an opportunity to lead you as a senior person, let them do it gives them confidence, teaches them that they can lead and be accountable or something and not have to be the person in charge. So that when you're not around, they'll continue to do these things. And also not only lead and mentor people around them, but take care of themselves and be more independent. That's also a sign of a great leader. When you can leave for a few days 
And around day three, they're like, hey, where did the boss go? That's when you know you hit it. Back to the primary message. Keeping your word. The bowling trophy. Just one example of about 20 I could think of off the top of my head where I can remember where someone kept their word to me on something that I was sure that they, well, are sure it didn't really impact me as much as I thought it was going to do. I was sure that, you know, maybe that it wasn't going to happen. That now I look back on and those things were the most impactful situations when it came to people keeping the word. After you listen to this, I want you to sit back, I want you to think about where you've been, what you've done, what opportunities you could have done these better, but also I want you to be prepared to keep your word on the next situation that comes around, and I want you to pay attention to how impactful that is. This bowling story that I told you about 15 years ago. 15. Not one, not two, not three. 15 years ago. One cup, one bowling activity. Kept his word to me. 15 years later, I still think highly of this person. That wraps up today's podcast. Thanks for listening and providing input to today's topic. You can reach out to me at 180mentoring.com and 180mentoring at gmail.com. I'm Terry Krebs, and I'm the host of 180 Mentoring. I'll look forward to talking with you soon.